Frames and Fools Tokyo Drift Edition. I'm here. I, my name's Dylan. I'm here with Henry and Matt, and we have a very special guest with us tonight, <laughs> our resident car nerd, Ben. Ben, Ooh. how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm revved up. Are you revved up? <laughs> are you revved? Oh, yeah. I, my heart is racing right now. I don't know about you guys, but I am yeah. like... Ooh. Those musical intros get me pumped and also frightened. Like, it's just so much. Oh, it's quite a way to start uh, can really, this enterprise. Yeah, I really will say. let it out. Um, so, we're here with Matt. Matt, how are you? Our resident Fast and Furious expert. I'm doing very well. How are you? You good? I'm good. Henry, how are you? I'm excited for two frames, two fools. No, this is this, no. This is Frames and Fools Tokyo Drift. We already did two Frames, oh. two Fools. Yeah, two frames. Oh shit! Yeah, Frames and Fools. Tokyo. <laughs> Damn it! Yes. No, I'm so excited. I was so excited. I forgot which movie we watched. But you I'm watch still so stoked movie? to be here. No, you <laughs> that's the worst again. part. I watched no. the right one. <laughs> um. So oh, we asked man. Ben to join us because, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but you're a big Tokyo Drift fan. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a big Tokyo Drift fan, but I'm a huge car fan. Um, okay. so like Tokyo, being a car person, Tokyo Drift has a significant impact on my, you know, basically car media and everything like that. So it's kind of by default, I'm supposed to like Tokyo Drift just because I enjoy cars. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. is that like in the car world? Because I'm not really in the car. I don't think any <laughs> of us. Foundational. Yeah, text. I don't think any of us really in the car world. Is Tokyo Drift like the car movie in the Fast and Furious franchise? Is it like the one that car people like? So, in the car world, there's um, it's kind of there's a lot of genres of car enthusiasts. So Tokyo Drift is definitely big for um, the you know, Japanese car loving people. They, uh, they like, it's called like JDM Japanese domestic market. So like all the, uh, the JDM guys and girls who just love, love their Japanese cars. Um, and the people who really like drifting. Um, so I would say that's definitely like their favorite of the whole franchise, but with fast and furious, it kind of brought, that culture to the public eye so like all of the drifting fans and everything they knew about drifting long before fast and furious ever came out um but this kind of normalized their obsession um yeah that's incredible well i'm so glad that their obsession has been normalized by this movie specifically (laughs) (laughs) um before we get into fast and few before we get into tokyo drift too much uh, we like to do a little thing here called Movie Moments, where we talk about a moment from our week that felt like a movie. Um, ben, seeing as you're our guest, would you like to kick it off? Sure. I'll go right ahead. And, you know, in the vein of Fast and Furious, specifically Tokyo Drift, my movie moment um, happened today. I was going on an on-ramp in my epic Japanese import <laughs> manual car. I went on an on-ramp that was empty, and I just went through the gears in my mighty Subaru Crosstrek. Um, 
And yeah, it felt like a movie moment. I, I heard on your, uh, your Fast and Furious, the first episode, uh, you guys were talking about how it like took two minutes to go a quarter mile in the, you know, the film version. That, that's pretty much what happens in the Subaru Crosstrek every time. <laughs> so time doesn't slow down. It just... Grounding the films oh, yeah. in reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you use any NOS or do you budget that? Uh, You know, do you use it further down the road? I have the economy model, so (laughs) you just have the half tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just have the half tanks, not the big ones. Yeah, you didn't spring for the double. double I did not. I did not. You got a little little bit to spare. You don't have the ejecto seat either. Yeah, sometimes I press (laughs) the uh, the emergency flasher button, but uh, it has yet to make me go faster. So (laughs) it's too bad. Incredible. I guess the real question is, can you drift? In the snow. And hey, you, not, <laughs> you gave me so much hope that great. pause. No, no. Hell yes. I'm also like a cheap bastard. So drifting costs a lot of money. Um, un, the, yes, the, the, the movie does not show this whatsoever, but tires aren't cheap. <laughs> if you're drifting like bow wow is very concerned about the price of tires i will we say. had that we had that like five <laughs> seconds of reality where he was like hey man that's your third set today but like <laughs> whoa yeah i'm like i'm i'm hoping my tires last like four years not four hours um oh yeah yeah i got a flat tire once and that wrecked me for like a month exactly like, two months exactly. i was just like oh god i'm not eating <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's an expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of your drifting in the snow thing, I'm going to share a movie moment from years, huh. years past. I, it might double as me and Henry, both of our movie moments, because when we were in college. I've got, I've got a good one, but it's very okay. short, so you can go as long Great. as you want. When me and Henry were in college, I had a 2001 blue Saturn that I got from my grandmother's, my first car ever. And I loved it to death. It was not a stick shift, just regular old automatic. And when it would snow in Santa Fe, there was this huge back lot at the film school that we had that was just all dirt. It was a parking lot, but it would fill up with snow. And we would go out there and fucking just pull handbrake turns in the middle of the night and try to do the fucking like James Bond thing where you go backwards and then spin. Or the thing that fucking Lucas does in this movie, which is a crazy maneuver in the last race where he like spins spins out of control and then somehow gets back to it and then goes around. We try to do that stuff. Um, ended up ruining my transmission, <laughs> destroying my vehicle. <laughs> um, but that's my long gone movie moment of the past that has to do with Tokyo Drift. I'll, I'll throw an addendum on that for my movie moment. I've got one from today, but it's like a one sentence movie moment. Um, but that same car before we absolutely destroyed it doing very fun things um <laughs> i did a hood slide oh, like in all of the cop movies fucking... and at the time i had a fucking pocket watch because i was a freshman in college uh so you know and it scratched his hood he scratch. <laughs> like Whole in this perfect scratch. like trace of where my ass had been um so that that car saw a lot of action. Uh, my movie moment from today, though, uh, I was late to this recording session because I went up and over the hill on my motorcycle, and on the way back, I saw a llama, um, either 
peeing or shitting. I don't know. Um, but it looked exactly like a gigantic labradoodle with a frighteningly long neck. Just the posture was the exact same. So that was really Eat funny. Eat the food, Tina. For me. Eat the food. Eat the food, Tina. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Matt, you got one? Matthew. Nothing Round us out. recently. Um, but you guys are reminding me of a lot of things in college and how give stupid us, we all were. <laughs> give us a college story, baby. <laughs> uh, I think it was your roommate, Dylan, uh, was like super obsessed with Forza. Oh, Marius. Oh, my Marius, God. yeah. Yes. Marius, our Norwegian friend, Marius. Yeah, and yeah. he got a couple of us into it, and we were just playing Forza a whole bunch. And one night, we were all really bored and not really vibing with the game. And he was just like, hey, do you guys want to go drive for real? Oh shit! I rem- wait. We just we just went out way out in the middle of nowhere, out where a bunch of ranches are. So there's like nobody on the roads, and I got my little like 2001 Camry. Oh hell yeah! Uh, economy model as well. Got that thing up to like 85 on a back road, and I was like, "Yeah, this thing's not gonna." I was just like seeing news headlines of like college kid dies. <laughs> back road going 85 and i was like yeah i gotta stop we didn't know a car could split into so many pieces <laughs> yeah well, i was seeing all the the headlines flash and so we ended up stopping and just looking at the stars and just kind of hanging out for a moment it was nice did, were you with did marius have his volvo then did you did he drive his volvo too or was it just I think so yeah because i remember you guys telling me about that didn't the norwegians didn't four of them share one car at one point i, I don't know uh, maybe. <laughs> anyway, shout out to our Norwegian friends if you guys are listening, Marius yeah. and Oliver. And speaking of uh, international yeah. driving, oh, Tokyo let's talk Earth. about Tokyo oh, yeah. Drift. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's jump in. Um, I have a lot to say about this movie, uh, but <laughs> yeah, do we want to tackle like th- all the stuff surrounding the movie first before we just get into? The insanity that is this movie because I feel like there are there's tensions. Uh, yeah, I think maybe we should go around and give a general impression, <laughs> positive, negative, what you guys thought um, of how about how we feel about this movie, and then we can really dive in. Uh, so, okay. guest ben, first, sure. Ben, would you would you care to share um, your thoughts? All right. So overall, you know, I enjoyed the movie for the car scenes. Um, I was not stimulated in any other way by any other scene or any other uh, facet of the movie. But, you know, the cars kept me occupied. And I am, I think if this movie were to win an award, it should be for soundtrack. Um, Oh, hell yeah. But. I think that's something we can all agree on. Yeah. Yeah. Soundtrack. Yeah. Five stars. Yeah. I think with. Best of the three so far yeah. by a mile. Sorry, by a quarter mile. Not in this movie. Quarter miles don't mean mm. shit. They're hey! <laughs> by a whole parking garage. <laughs> um, okay, now I want to hear from Matt, because I know Matt uh, really liked this one. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But... Uh, I, yeah, I would say that this <laughs> movie is a perfect example of this franchise and your ability to throw on blinders when enjoying them where you just (laughs) don't see half of it and the good stuff is great yeah the the high points of this movie are delightful this is the introduction of car magic (laughs) 
uh, is in this one. <laughs> Please explain. Wait, I will explain. I will expand is. on that in a minute. But um, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the introduction of car magic, and the the car stuff is incredible. It really jumps up a lot in this one compared to the the previous movies. Uh, that being said, there's a lot that you have to not see to be able to enjoy this movie. <laughs> okay. You All have right. to be able to just look away, which is a terrible skill. We should it's... just say. This, this movie is pretty deplorable in its depiction of pretty much everybody. <laughs> there are uh, some really good things in it. Oh, incredible. Okay, Henry, initial thoughts? I had a great time um yeah i mean i am of of the three of us sort of the newbie to this franchise um i have seen this before long time ago and i don't think it was anywhere near when it came out i think it was just a random watch um when i watched the other two i love this movie a lot (laughs) i can't defend anything about it it's okay um the car stuff is amazing yeah the soundtrack fucking slaps um it's so fun yeah matt's matt's right it's just i I can't speak to any of like the cinematic aspects of it other than the car shit is cool i love (laughs) crime movies i love movies about like yakuza anything i just enjoy a lot of the actors in this i don't love shane black's acting but no not everyone surrounding him lucas lucas black shane black is shane black he made nice guys and and oh that's right sorry i like shane black he also yeah yeah, he wrote lethal weapon good stuff we love you shane black um lucas black uh, eh, he does the job like that's the thing about this movie is like every part of it is so it's it's there and like somehow i'm able to watch this movie and then i'll have a moment where i'm like Oh wow! I really don't like him, and then I'll forget immediately and I... watch other parts of it and just having a great time. Dylan, you have a lot of thoughts. Just go go. I am so impressed that you are able to see this man, Lucas Black, say I don't like him and then move on because this movie. I don't know how. No, I can't tell you. How. I'd have to think about it because I when when me and Matt yeah, first he's watched in it, almost every scene, and it's impressive how much i can look past him when me and matt first watched all of these uh i was i'd never seen tokyo drift but it was always a joke right in my friend circles like oh yeah tokyo Drift's the best one so me being me i was like this one will probably i'll probably like this because it's so bad and like everyone hates it and then we watched it and i lucas black is so terrible in this movie i'm sorry i cannot get over he makes the script worse like the script's already bad, and yeah, no, he, he makes does. it worse. And the the one mm-hmm. thing that would make this movie so much better is if they just replaced him with literally anyone else. And I would, <laughs> I think I'd enjoy it a little bit more, to be perfectly honest. He's gonna tweet at you because okay, oh, he's a psychopath. <laughs> he has he has few enough Twitter followers that he's probably gonna hear this, and it's gonna make him very sad. And then he's gonna so, tweet something. It's okay. At you. I'm, I'm okay. I looked him up and kind of scrolled through his Twitter, and um, I'm. So did we. Oh my god. It's rough. I don't I don't think he's gonna tweet at you. I feel like I have not heard of this. What's going on? You haven't mentioned any uh conservative talking points that uh Yeah. I I don't think you're on his radar. So I am I love abortion. Now he can tweet at me. Now he can tweet at me. (laughs) 
Well, what's going on on this Twitter? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't send it to the group chat. I just sent it to Dylan because all I okay, all I wanted, all I wanted was to know if his accent was oh, real. Yeah. That's all I wanted. So I googled real. him, and the first thing that came up was this Twitter. I was like, "Oh, word, Alabama, great." Oh my god! <laughs> and then I spent, I think I paused the movie and I spent like half an hour just scrolling, sending Dylan different things. It's it's, it's a, a lot. lot. It's a lot. Oh. It's a lot. Oh. It does not make it me. F- yeah. It makes me feel not bad now. Yeah, like because sometimes when I dunk on people's performances, <laughs> I'm like, "You're a you're a person. You feel things, and I don't want to be mean about your art." But this dude is off the chain. Yeah. <laughs> He's off the wagon. Well, and, and Ben, for context, like we 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 generally try to be positive. Like I think there's always something good to say, and we we try to not bash on stuff too much. And we always make the joke that like, hey, so and so, if you're listening, ha ha ha. Um, because no one listens to this, but on our Instagram, we've had a couple times where we've made art of someone and they'll like it or repost it. And then it makes me think, oh shit, I really got to watch what I say. Cause one of these days I'm going to say some shit about, yeah, Luke is black. Well, and all of a sudden I'm going to get like, I don't know. <laughs> I hope you have to make a drawing of Lucas <laughs> black by the end of this. And we post it on our Instagram. No. Um, <laughs> yes okay so now that we've got the initial okay so i don't i don't know if you can put the entire fast and furious fan base into a single box but what are the factions what's the what's the buzz on the street what do people think about tokyo drift because it it occupies a very weird spot in the timeline too right man <laughs> yes like it chronologically <laughs> in terms of the movies yeah um, Do we want to get because, into this? Uh, Sorry. Yes, yeah, our expert, because, please. Oh, <laughs> Han became such a popular character in spite of how badly received this movie was that... He's great. They just made the next movie in the past. But They're just like, ah, no, oh, these are all like before three. Was that their idea, though? Did I, they... I'm pretty sure that was it. Like, okay. They were just like, Han, everyone did, wants Han. Did he like, actually die? Um, Did he actually die? Well, yeah, well I'm, gonna s- I'm pretty sure he's dead. I mean, he got blown sad, up. But yeah, I'm going to have to save that I one I had hoped you. that this franchise would somehow like Lazarus him or something. Does he come back as a robot? Does he come uh, back as a robot? He has not come back yet. Yet. As um, a robot. <laughs> out of all the movies that have been released, <laughs> okay. he's not come back. Uh, the, he, he appears in the next three movies but that's just because um that's the timeline it's before it's his time in america or okay going around the world with dom and we'll get back to han because i i do want to say more about han but um so in the timeline it's in a weird spot yeah so this this takes place in 2013 i think what so all the flip phones are just they're just a retro throwback uh group of drifters what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which actually, honestly, when I read that this was supposed to take place in 2013, it completely forgave the weird scene at the end where they're like live streaming the race and they're all watching it on their flip phones. Because I'm like, oh my god, well, I guess you're if it's right. 2013, that could technically so it, happen. Is this technically a near future sci-fi well, drifting? <laughs> when they made it, that wasn't the plan. It just ended up being set in 2013 because in 2013 they released seven, I think, or they, around then they released seven, and then that cemented it yes. its place in the timeline. When was it? Wasn't it made in like 2006? Yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Yes. This is the beginning. Yeah, I think it took like seven years for them to actually introduce, like, like confirm that, oh, this is where it's happening in the yes. timeline. Okay. And they do it in a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah, this is the fringes of the... <laughs> Fast and Furious <laughs> timeline fuckery that's so incredible about the franchise. This is just the tip of the iceberg, this movie right here. I do feel like we're building, we're like making our way towards an understanding of the beautiful mess that this is, and I'm, I'm excited every step of the way. Well, I, I agree. I'm bewildered I mean, and happy. Going off of that, you know, the half-built neighborhood would still exist in 2013, even if it had yeah. started... Built, yeah, you know, it's probably in the same state to, you know, start at the very beginning of the movie. Do they return to that construction site? Is there like I don't know, but, you know, the the bubble burst real soon after, (laughs) so. It did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. This scene. That's actually absolutely true. This opening scene, it starts off so juiced, man, and I can't handle any of it. It's so much... Dude, okay, somehow the beginning has more testosterone in that first scene than the first two combined. Yes, like, it's... <laughs> too much to handle, like, all like, of it. Like, they were slamming through, like, the cliches and, like, the high school movie. No one's under 25. Uh, there was the slow-mo that just kept going. Um, Incredible. They fucked up his car. They both fucked they up his cars. Be dead. So bad. That, they should be dead. Yeah. The jock was wearing foot like a football jersey and threw a baseball. Sports guy. Yeah. He's sports. <laughs> He's just sports. Oh my god, he did throw a baseball. And then Lucas Black, Sean, pulls a fucking wrench out like a psychopath. Like twice. It was it's the opposite oh, of save the cat. It's just like this guy's an asshole. They, sh- they show him pull out the wrench to potentially save the guy getting covered in Ben oil. Uh, pr- paint, which hurts. Paint, thank you, Ben. <laughs> which does it hurt? Have you been Have you been stomached by? A I paint have not gun been before? stomached by a paint gun. No, but those are some. Yeah, it's some chemicals. Does it sting? Like, or is it the pressure? Because that's designed. Yeah, and it's chemicals laced because that looked like a metallic flake paint. You know, to get yeah nerdy on you guys so little Please. little shreds of metal coated in chemicals oh. sprayed on someone's skin it just doesn't end well and that's how they introduce this character that we're supposed to like who does nothing about it right but they show him like yeah holding the wrench like he's gonna about to like beat some dudes within an inch of their life and then he doesn't like or he doesn't tell the teacher he doesn't. No. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. Nothing at all. Doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie is basically step up. Oh my god! Like, like he just goes to like the rough school, and then like, it's the exact same. It, yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, he's <laughs> speaking of step up. I'm sorry, I got so excited when I read this piece of trivia. Channing Tatum auditioned for this role, <laughs> and I'm blowing my brains out that nobody cast god. this man in Tokyo Damn Drift it. because if Channing Tatum played Sean great movie i'm in honestly <laughs> i it's yeah. he would have been so great in this yeah that would have been some really yeah. future-proof casting and there could have been some yeah. sick dance scenes like oh. i think that's what oh, the franchise man. needs uh i agree right? i agree um matt i'm i want to know why you like this movie so much because uh i i'm starting to see why you like it but i hit the loose 
the Lucas Black wall every time I'm about to feel that excitement. Yeah, I think it's, I, again, it's like the high points, like the that race scene at the beginning. Ignoring the uh, <laughs> the fact that they are literally racing for a girl. Incredible. Just oh. glossing over that. <laughs> completely ignoring it when they actually start racing it goes so fucking off the rails and is so irresponsible and just impossible yeah and you're just yeah. like wow i'm i'm going for a ride right now i kind of forgot why they're doing this this is great and she's in the car <laughs> she's yeah I, why is she in the car because she wants to race man she wants to f- and in a weird kind of kind of twisted way like she said winner gets me so there is like some agency there so in a way you know, I don't know. If Not I as can bad as it could one. be. It could have been like the boyfriend no. could have been like winner gets my girlfriend. She's like, what? Like it could have been that. I, right? I'm not okay. going to make any excuses for this movie. Here's the thing. <laughs> um, when we watch Too Fast, Too Furious. This is what happens when you try to defend it. It just falls apart immediately. Yeah. You just when we watch Too Fast, Too Furious, I said Too Fast, Too Furious is the biggest offender when it comes to like misogyny. And I retract that statement. No. This one, by I thought far, you said this one. Watching it, I was like, oh, Dylan was right. I literally retroactively <laughs> flipped it in my head and thought you said it was this one because... Yes. Starting with yeah. uh, DK, who, I'm just going to remind everyone, stands for Drift King, and that floats through my Drift head King. every time somebody calls him DK. <laughs> I can't handle Drift it. Drift King. He's dating like a 16-year-old. Yeah, and he's like twenty nine, probably, right? <laughs> well, it's hard to say because everyone in this 30. is <laughs> like <Yeah>. thirty. <laughs> like the guy who plays Han is what, like thirty four when isn't, this comes out. Isn't really? Lucas yeah. Black thirty five when it came out? Uh, actually, uh, he was twenty four. Okay, okay. When they filmed it, I don't know how he's twenty four. He does. Not he looks look thirty five. I think yes. I have a suspicion he lied about his age. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> the only way. <laughs> like he's joining the military in the 40s. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he's just like, uh, they don't cast actual 30-year-olds. Like, you have to be under 30. It's just a really bad fake ID, basically. Oh, They don't yeah. cast people under over 30 for high schoolers. Well, so I got to say I'm under it. And I, why don't I just say I'm 24? <laughs> so I've got a better shot at it. <laughs> That's part of the reason why they didn't bring Paul Walker back is they thought he was too old and then proceeded to hire a dude who looks like he's 35, (laughs) (laughs) which blows my mind. And they went from guy who's not a great actor, but is just like so much charisma to Lucas Black, who can neither act nor has charisma. I think it speaks to how much weight Paul Walker pulls in the first two in terms of making them mm. good because of his just pure charisma. And when you give it to somebody like Lucas Black, it doesn't survive. Yeah. Well, because the cars speak for themselves. So if you if you carry the narrative with just somebody yeah. who is fun to look at, and you know, like eyes. Paul Walker and Tyrese Gibb, like they can say whatever they want. And you're like, yeah, this is good. This is fun. Yeah. They're palling around. But this. I think oof. that's what I boiled this down to for me. Uh, upon my first watch of it, I realized what I'm missing from this one that I you get from the second one and the first one is the palling around camaraderie, the the shots at e- the jesting shots at each other. None of that exists. They ignore Lil Bow Wow like completely. 
they introduce his green car and then they never use it and there's no palin around and i i really missed that I the think. hulk car yes a good thing they didn't use that thing i was i was <laughs> noxious it was painful and it was a volkswagen like why <laughs> it was a volkswagen yeah. yes it was a volkswagen damn in Japan, that they blacked out the Volkswagen badge and then modeled it to look like a Japanese car. Wow. And it was just painful. I was too distracted by the little hair on the car oh. to like oh. even <laughs> recognize what kind of car. It was so many layers of just surreal what the fuckery. I feel like um, if it had a little bit of yeah. self-awareness to it, instead of using the Mustang to win the last race... You got to use the whole car. Oh, that was the whole yeah. car? Oh, my that God. That would have been incredible. So, okay, there were a couple moments of this bringing up, like, self-awareness. So, when he does, like, the bloody tooth, like, wink at the girl in the police station in the beginning, oh. it gave me hope that this movie was going to be more self-aware than it is. And then the one that still holds up for me is when Bow Wow gets in the elevator, um, when they're watching the race in the parking garage, he breaks yes. the fourth wall. I wrote that he, down. Like he winks and like waggles his yes. eyebrows at the camera. And I was like, sick. Okay, cool. We're doing that now. It's, it's, we're going meta. That's great. <laughs> um, I will say they did a bit more of like the uh, slow-mo shots. And by now, you know, five years after the first one, starting to look pretty good. Like there's a couple sort of Fincher-esque, like David Fincher-esque shots of like the back of DK's car barely missing the wall. Um, later on, there's a couple things during the race that they sort of like zoom in and do different mm -hmm. things. And it just looks really slick. It looks really cool. Yeah. To me, that's what this like movie and the whole arc of Fast and Furious is, is it's, it's the first time that they kind of hit a visual style that they stick with mm -hmm. later on. Like the yeah. action takes on an energy and a cadence that uh, is just really, really strong and can work in so many different ways. And it's really flexible and it kind of builds the framework that later they use to create some really awesome action sequences. They also totally got rid of all of the great character stuff that you're talking about, Dylan, which is like why a lot of people hate this. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get it. And I think it's like it's it makes so many steps forward in certain areas and it completely misses the mark in others. Yeah. Um, and if you're here how, just for the. How popular was this? Because it just by like box office alone, it doesn't seem like it made a ton the, of money. It made the least but amount people of people know this one. Okay, the least. Okay, that scans, and I, I, I do think with box office and things like that, if you make a movie that doesn't really have a heart to it and it is just sort of flashy, that's only going to get so many people in theaters. But like this one is talked about a lot. I think people that aren't fans of the franchise know this one if they know any mm. of them. Why is that, Matt? Yeah, growing up, yeah. this DVD was in everyone's house. It was one of those DVDs for sure. It was just yeah, it was just everyone had it. So uh, what they lacked in box office, I feel they must have made up for it. And well, that makes sense too because I mean, uh, I don't know how old we all are here, but this came out in two thousand six. I was eleven years old when this came out, so like, this is hitting the prime like spot for our generation as kids to watch oh, this yeah. kind mm -hmm. of movie, I guess. 
which mm-hmm. terrifies me, honestly. <laughs> Watching it now, I'm like, no young child should be subjected to any of this. <laughs> I can't believe we made it out alive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we were taught all the wrong things. Oh, my God. So aggressively, too. Do you know how dangerous low-profile tires are? <laughs> Finally, someone says it. Yeah. Finally, the, the biggest, it had to biggest be said problem, out loud. the most dangerous thing about this. While I'm thinking of it, Ben, I, car question. So they put a, that was a Nissan engine, into a muscle car of some kind. Well, we're going to skip ahead to the very end. <laughs> Maybe we'll just put a pin in it, but I have so many questions just talking about cars. <laughs> Let's talk about, I want to talk about Neela's, Neela, her character. Neela. Did anyone, I just want to get a real quick poll here. Did anybody know what her accent was for the first half of the movie? No. I Googled her because I was confused. Yeah, no. But honestly, like... But at that point, you know, we've spent 15 minutes with she has no line. Lucas Black. It's just like, all right, well. Yeah, exactly. We're just not doing <laughs> accents in this one. <laughs> That's what I love so much about it is they almost play cho- play off each other so well where Lucas Black's accent, when I first saw this, I thought, He's doing a terrible accent, and then later found out he was actually from Tennessee, and that's his real voice. Alabama. And her accent, Alabama. you're just like, what is that? Is she American? Sometimes she sounds like she's from, she's British or from New Zealand. And then the moment she says, I was watching it last night with my roommate, and we were like, what is that accent? And then right when they're at the scene where they're eating spaghetti out of a box, I was like, maybe it's Australian. And she immediately said, I came over from Australia. And I was like... Yes, got it. <laughs> My favorite thing with uh, Lucas Black's accent is um, that neither of his parents have a southern drawl. Dude, <laughs> me too. Oh shit! I was like, yeah. I, you know, we we met the mom early on. I was like, okay, <laughs> we'll see what happens. We meet the Fair dad, enough. and I'm like, yeah. he's he's not from the south. Don't know where he's. He's got like military East Coast accent. Maybe Boston. I kind of got. Some yeah, I Boston got a little vibes. bit of Boston. He like dropped a few R's, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, <laughs> okay." Yeah. Again, this movie's just not doing accents. It's like we're not. No, no I no, kind of no. love it. Just ignore it's that. almost. It's almost liberating in an artistic way, where they're just like, "We don't care. It's talk however you want to talk." <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Now that we've deeply examined Neela's deep character, who's definitely not a cardboard cutout of a human being, um, let's talk about Han, who I would assume is everyone's favorite character because he single-handedly saves the movie for me. Well, yeah, who else? (laughs) (laughs) There's nobody else. There's there's nobody else in the movie, which uh, Han's such a great character, and they've got his little gang... Who look fun, mm-hmm. but they're kind of just set dressing. They never get. You to... don't know anyone. Yeah, yeah. I was really yeah. bummed about that. I think Han's appeal for me. I mean, one, he's gorgeous. Two, he's chill. Which this series needed someone whose coolness didn't come from their intensity. Because mm-hmm. um, Dom Toretto, super great character, but he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Paul Walker. Like, 
gets crazy off eyes, by baby. like racing really fast. <laughs> then he gets his crazy eyes and he starts breathing. Dude, I almost hard. had you. Um, <laughs> I almost had you, man. I almost had um, you. Uh, Rome, you know, gets in fights and shit. Like everyone is so amped up and like inches from each other's face. And Han's the one character they've introduced who's cool because people get mad and he's like, Whatever. I'm going to eat my, my <laughs> Take snacks. my car. Yeah. I just wanted to see what would happen. Like, he just, yeah, he just sort of lets it all kind of wash over him. He has the more interesting plot. Absolutely. <laughs> like, that's mm-hmm. it. Kind of ignore. Yeah. <laughs> he's mysterious. Yeah, he's got this story. He works for a guy, but also kind of does his own thing. Well, he's, yeah. like, stealing money, right? He's, in, he's intriguing. Yeah, he's stealing money. He's stealing oh, money. Yeah. He's like trying to, yeah. And I love... I love yeah. that he's doing that. Like he's, and they don't that's a, excuse it or anything. When he gets caught, he's just like, that's what we do. <laughs> like, he's like, of course I'm stealing from you. We're criminals. Uh, like, uh, we're criminals. <laughs> yeah. We're in the criminal underbelly of Tokyo and you're shocked. I'm stealing money from you. You're taking 50% of my take and I'm not giving you as much as I should. And you're yeah. mad. Do you yeah. want to know what Han's last name is? Solo spelled Seoul like South Korea dash O. He's literally the Han Solo. I'm not kidding. His name is Han Solo. He is the Han Solo of this franchise. Yeah, and it's very obvious when you watch. You're like, he's Han, man. He's so chill. I'm not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I think I could be wrong. That is correct. Is that correct? Yeah, that is Han's last name. Or maybe, wait, hold on. I could be... I'd actually forgotten that. That's a good piece of trivia to forget sorry. occasionally. I'm sorry. His name is actually Han Lu, also known by the alias Han Solo. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't okay. know. Oh, okay. See, they got us with the sorry, alias. Yeah. My, bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I think, uh, but nobody calls him Han Lu. Oh, that's funny. Oh, because he's Cur- the actor's Korean, Korean. so it's, yeah. that's funny. Soul. Nice. I think the uh, the defining line for oh. Han for me was when he had that like little monologue thing about why he doesn't race. And I was like, this is refreshing. You know, like sanity is introduced. <laughs> He's like, I don't race because it's stupid. And I'm like, oh, wow. First of all, they yeah. let him say that. Like he just counteracted everything this movie is about. Everyone yeah. else's motivation in the entire yeah, series. Like, He's like, uh, it's dumb. He's <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Seems kind of pointless, though, right? <laughs> he is such a grounding force. And I think... Uh, I. But he can do the yeah. shit. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, he chooses not to. And that's where his, like, cool power comes from, is the fact that, yeah, he, like, he can do the cool drifting. And there's... Um, he's got BD. Is that scene that is <laughs> same big drift energy? Big drift energy, yeah, <laughs> and big big drift energy. Yep, and there, yeah, there's that like mating dance scene. Oh my that god! Legitimately, just looks like it looks like the car version of that scene from Planet Earth, where the bird of paradise is like <laughs> jumping around like the female bird, and it's like, what do you think? What do you think? And it's beautiful. Like it's... it works. You're like, oh. You just boiled it down to what it is. That's cool. And he's like, yeah, this is what we, I don't race, but I can I do, do this. this. Shit. Okay. This is, yeah. this is a good intro into the car magic thing Please. where cars are no longer <clears throat> machines or vehicles. They are now 
a means of expression. They are like they're an extension of one's body. Mm. And I think the like the scene that really gets me is when they're drifting down the mountain. So yes, and and Neela's drifting, and they're talking, and they're calmly, talking calmly while they're drifting through every. It's, it's completely senseless and magical, and they have that crazy camera rig that's going left to right around the hood of the car, and it's just. It it is no longer a machine. It is now like it is a, a spell they know how to cast. It's magical. It's no problems, just the moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the way like like snowboard snowboarders talk about snowboarding is like the way they drive cars now. Yeah. So and it's beautiful. Interesting thing about that drifting now, right? Competitive drifting is not considered racing. It is not about getting from point A to point B the fastest. And drifting in general is that way. It's like Jim Connor stuff, um, yeah. What how is it, it about started? now? Yeah, so it's all about style. And so it's exactly what you're saying. It's like slope style snowboarding. Um, it is all about doing the just artful motions of the drift. So it's interesting that you mm. mentioned that because that's like, that's all drifting is now. It's uh, if you're judged, it's more judged like you would judge the X Games. Like, oh, oh he did this so angle. You know, he got this close, or they they got this right. It doesn't depend. The driver got this close to this car as they're going around the turn. Um, yeah, it's all style. So I thought That's it was so hilarious different. when they tried to phrase it as a race <laughs> in the beginning. Like, yeah. as a car nerd, I'm like, yeah. wait, there's no point. Like, it's so much quicker. There's a faster way to do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going up a, uh, a ramp in a parking garage is a lot quicker if you're not sideways. You know, it's just, that's just it. Like, that's that's about it. You could win if you didn't go sideways. But it looks a lot cooler. So I love that. What I think... In the way they frame it to you as the viewer, they they make it look like this is the way to oh, win. Yeah. And if you don't know better, like it, it looks like like this secret. It looks because they paint him. The one thing I think they did well with the character is ironically has nothing to do with him as an actor or his character. The way he drives in the movie is his mm-hmm. arc, right? And he supposedly learns lessons about life, blah, blah, blah. But what you really walk away with is he's cocky. He has some kind of sense of justice and right and wrong, but he gets himself into situations. He breaks a lot of cars and wrecks a bunch of expensive shit because of his brashness and then learns to work together with people and he learns the rules and he learns the magic Japanese art of drifting and all of a sudden he can like race good. And that logic scans even if you're right and yeah it's not mm-hmm. the quickest way from point a to point b at all and it really kind of doesn't have anything to do with that it is more of like this sort of oh yeah, ballet, yeah. Choreography. It's, it's, you know yeah. it's incredible i think that's mm-hmm. that first scene that that scene matt where they're like she's fucking drifting hard but it just looks like they're fucking floating and she's like turning and talking and just like not paying attention at all yeah <laughs> uh when i first watched that it like hurt it gave me anxiety like it hurt there's a pit in my stomach of how just like like cringy every single word that they're saying is but the second time i watched the, it... the script came to a screeching halt on their date not date right before yeah. that and then it it they made up for it with the beautiful drifting scene where the script was awful 
but it was so beautiful just watching the cars move that I was like, oh, we're like that encapsulates this movie for me where I'm like, there's so many problems. It's so distracting. And then you go, ooh, drifting. I think maybe because it's that potent. I think maybe that's where my hangups are is I loved that scene because it was so bad, but it had some sort of heart to it. And I was like, I want the whole movie to be this. But some parts of the movie are actually good. Like the driving is good. So I was not able to really just let go and have fun because it would pull me back in and be like, this race scene's actually really good. There's nothing really funny about this. It's just kind of like a fun race scene, right? Mm -hmm. Where in the second one, the race scenes are kind of insane and they're pretty good, but like the whole thing is just so fucking bad and and bonkers that I was able to turn my brain off. But this kind of jockeys back and forth between wildly terrible and really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it occasionally just hits the notes you want it to. Yeah, and then when it's not hitting the notes, it's a lot more painful. Yeah, yeah, and I, I get it. I get what you're saying there. It's like a bad but... relationship, right? You know, just <laughs> oh. you remember for it for what was good, and then you realize it's like eighty. It actually turned yeah, out. It's like sixty-five percent like, oh, bad. <laughs> I think that encompasses really this whole franchise. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a nutshell. It's a it's just a bad relationship. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, you tear up a little bit when you see an Instagram comment, tuna no crust, and you're like, oh, <laughs> God. Tuna no crust. R.I.P. <laughs> oh, my God. The good times. Um, I think the editors of this movie deserve a real, real raise. They're doing a lot of work making these, these race scenes semi followable. Uh, All those. Uh, oh, yeah. Those cell phone yeah. footage. The uh, the cell phone streaming. Oh, yeah. I was like, what is going on? Why? Works. What? It's, <laughs> it's so silly, and yet it's it's like, oh, they can watch it because, cause look, they're watching it. Like, it's it's a explanation that doesn't explain no. anything. No. They're like, just look. They're look they're, they, see, they see it. See? <laughs> like, where are the cameras? Are they filming it as they're watching it? Like, is it a, a crowd-streamed live stream thing it doesn't, doesn't but it doesn't matter yeah, you know i have no idea yeah i remember the first time i saw that you know this was i didn't see it when it came out it was some you know dvd version of it so it was probably a few years after it came out but uh yeah even then it was like you can't do that you can't stream video to your yeah. phone <laughs> but it was That's impossible this- it was yeah. in this magical time where technology was treated as like magic because we didn't really understand how it worked. And in movies, you could yeah. do whatever with it. You're like, you know, we can do this with it and it doesn't matter. Well, think 2006, right? Casino Royale comes out. It's Bond and people were sad that there weren't more gadgets, but it's because they were kind of towing that line. They're trying to get away from technology can do anything but we're starting to see technology that actually could do a lot of things. But because we're seeing, you know, specifically these phones or whatever else was exciting at the time, there was such a focus on it. You know, what I mean? like it's, it's funny that as well, that then push this into 2013. Cause we look at it, we're like, Oh, how cute and retro, but yeah. yeah, such a strange time for this to come out and for them to, for that to be an aspect of this. But I mean, they kind of nailed it because 2013. Yeah, Totally. You stream video to your phone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why not? 
Fuck it. Totally. <laughs> on their retro they phones. It. Yeah, they, they've all got maybe burners. Maybe they're they do it different in Japan. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. They're, yeah, they're just all hipsters. They just want to be off the grid, you know? Yeah. But they would like to stream videos sometimes also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a special market. Cell phone manufacturers that are... Special market. Yes. Ben. Nissan in a muscle yeah, let's, car. Let's, what let's what car? Are we just going for that? All right. So that's a uh, it's a Mustang. Yeah, we're going for that. Um, what is Sweet. his name? Major, whatever his last name is. I forget the dad. Yeah, the, the, dad. Yeah. the dad. Major dad. His garage is bigger than his house. Yeah. He's just got a garage across the street. <laughs> yeah, I think that. And also speaking of garages, Han's garage with all that empty space, and then he has like people living in crazy small efficiency apartments just in a Hell corner yeah. that was yeah. that was a highlight i was like good priorities this is, this is where we're at yes yeah. we do need eight cars need moved and then eight really small rooms <laughs> yeah. uh but uh yeah so what they did was tools. they dropped the um the drivetrain from all right so this is a little bit of a deep dive. So, Schoolless. Mona Lisa was it, that please. first car that Han was like, this is my favorite car. And, uh, you know, go ahead, you weird teenager. Like, take it. <laughs> Ruin it. And uh, he <laughs> yeah. did. Um, so that's a S13 Sylvia, which in the U.S. is called a 240SX. Uh, they were sold here for a little bit, um, which came with a four-cylinder engine. Okay, but in Hans Mona Lisa, he had a six-cylinder engine from a different car put into that car. All right, that car gets ruined. Um, Move on, flash forward. They're like, hey, the engine still works, even though it shouldn't. It does. So (laughs) I'm assuming they just, they took the engine, the transmission, and the uh, they're all rear rear wheel drive. So they probably took the rear rear drive train differential thing, what makes the engine spin the wheels, um, out of the car that they had already taken it out of another car and put it into the Mustang. And I'm pretty sure this movie was sponsored by Nissan because there's a lot of close up footage of the. <laughs> Nissan, GR, blah, 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 blah. There was. Yeah. Um, but this is actually a common thing. Um, it's just engine swaps in general, and it's becoming more common. Um, a lot of people are taking these pretty much bulletproof Japanese six-cylinder engines and putting them in whatever. Someone did it with a Rolls-Royce. There's a Rolls-Royce with a Toyota six-cylinder in it, and it's awesome. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So uh, there you go. I have a question actually about the logistics of drifting a heavy ass Mustang yes. down a road <laughs> and beating a streetcar like that. And would the chassis, the like, does the chassis allow for that? Like, is there significant difference in the way? And looking ahead, like, would Dom's V8 do anything in that garage race? Well, like, versus something that's made Dom's to, car. You know what I mean? wouldn't fit up the ramp <laughs> right so well, yeah we've got news for you fellas. yeah <laughs> yeah you got it. <laughs> well it shouldn't right of course they that garage scene was filmed in la so it does fit but in <laughs> J- there's there's no space in japan 
I mean, they, 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 there's no, <laughs> yeah, there's a big reason that uh, Dom's car, which is a, oh my God, I think it's a Pontiac Grand Prix, but I might be wrong. You know, it only showed up for a little bit, but um, yeah, that, that way too big, first of all. Second of all, yes, it would have an effect. It would make the car go, re- Dom's car would go really, really fast in a straight line and then it wouldn't be able to turn around corners. <laughs> um incredible speaking to the mustang and being able to drift it was weird a weird setup because with drifting you um all right so we're gonna jump into physics a little bit here so in drifting you want excellent downforce on the car you don't want a lot of air between kind of the car body and the ground just so that it stays flat and it's there's nothing there's no extra forces that you have to worry about, um, and you want the car as low as possible, pretty much, because you want the center of gravity as low to the ground so it doesn't flip, because you're taking it sideways anyways. So the Mustang was not low to the ground at all. The physics were all wrong, um, but you know, yes, you could drift it. It didn't weigh that much because there was nothing else in there like it was just pretty much a bare body and it was from the body was from like the 60s so there was no safety standards back then um so yeah like that so less it's just like a, crumple zones and shit like that so yeah just it's less a tin can pretty or? much yeah so if that mustang were to get in a wreck he would just be crushed instantly there's there's no rollover protection there's no crumple zone like the whole car is a crumple zone pretty much um yeah so dom does it though dangerous nails it dangerous how much time do we think they had to turn around that car like from the moment they make the weird deal with dk drift king's uncle um to the time they raced on the mountain how how long are we guessing that took because they took that thing from I I know I know Dylan. They took it from like a pile of like scrap. Not only that, they took the time to polish primer. Yeah, that didn't paint make it. any sense. Like they got that shit looking so pretty, and I was like, just flex on them, show up with the yeah. dirty ass car, and win. You know, like why? It's a movie. I get it. I totally get it. I'm curious. Did they ever mention how long it took, or were they like, you have three days? to get your shit ready and then we're going to race so, for your life. Right? Realistically, it would have taken them like half of the time that they had would have had to been spent on paint because paint takes forever, Jesus. right? You have to paint it. You have to let it dry. Like that was like not a single coat of paint either. That was multiple coats yeah. and they did. I wish there was a shot yeah, exactly. of them just like, rattle canning it. Like somebody yeah. just like shitty like spray paint. And then they added stripes <laughs> yeah. too. I'm like that that's an yeah, extra yeah. four stripes. hours. It looked like, so good. It yeah. looked so and good. And the engine swap yeah. alone. Yeah, it would have taken days. Oh, if they were working like 24 hours. Maybe the uncle was super chill. Maybe the uncle was like, we have to make it fair. Take yeah. as long as you need. You got and, it. <laughs> like, they just it's did gotta their be a thing. fair race. But That's then what again, I to believe. it only yeah. needed to last for what? Like uh, 10 race. minutes, right? Yeah, it's true. So, you know, yeah. they could have just thrown it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking. 
They couldn't have borrowed a car from somebody. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. Maybe they uh, like grabbed all the pieces. They went to the garage and they were like, oh, this is going to take too long. Luckily, we already have the same car with the same weird engine set up. Already good to go. Yeah. We're just going to use that one instead. <laughs> and it's painted. Oh, it's so good. That last yeah. that last race scene is um, very intense, I got to say. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that really jumped out at me is when Drift King... Uh, flips over the edge of Good the king. fucking thing, and they do this like jump scare that honestly kind of scared yeah. me because like I was not expecting. It always gets it, me. Where he almost gets crushed by the dude who's probably dead. Um, yeah, I jumped a little bit. Oh, yeah. but it, was, it was a crazy thing. I'd never seen that in a movie before. A car jump scare. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was cool. It would. It could have yeah. happened. Because yeah. when he. <laughs> When he, he got sent off originally, I did have the thought, like the first time watching it, I was like, oh shit. And I just, you don't know that he's going to do like a, a hairpin and come back around. So he just disappears and you're like, oh, that's like the Disney villain bad guy demise where he goes, no, <laughs> like falls into the abyss and like we just never see him again. And then, yeah, psych, there he is. Very, I, I think that last race is fucking Sick. rad it's pretty tense now, who are all the other people drifting on that mountain in the beautiful scene couldn't they have borrowed one of those cars those are that's the wrong crew right yeah that's yeah. A, that's her oh, fuck, crew you're right so yeah i want to see her crew we keep they couldn't have called in a favor so the drift king thing <laughs> which is a ridiculous name is historical all right so, Wait. it is an I, ode yeah, actually. to the father of drifting, whose name what is, um, I, I'm just going to completely butcher this, but pretty sure I, I wasn't able to look up the pronunciation, but Kaichi Tsuchaya. Okay. He popularized drifting in the 80s. Um, if you're interested in more fantastic drifting footage, there is a whole anime series that turned into a movie um, basically about this guy. Like it's it's like very fictional, but like the main character is inspired by the Drift King. Um, yeah, he like oh my God. he was the first superstar. And if you want to see some real OG footage of the Drift King, there's this video on YouTube called Plus Speed. P-L-U-S-P-Y. And it's 20 minutes of 80s footage of this guy doing exactly that, go flying through the mountains of Japan illegally. He got his license revoked for posting it or like Holy making shit. it into a video. Yeah, his racing license too. So his entire career, he was just like, well, <laughs> oops. Oh my it paid God. off because he became super famous and, you know. Could you spell that again? Because I need uh, to see P-L-U-S-P-Y. It's like I would skip to the middle. You know, you see some fun footage. Yeah. I feel like it would have been cool if he was called the the Drift Prince, right? If he's like the son of the Drift King. Yeah, I don't, you know. <laughs> oh, in the movie? Like if the bad guy yeah. was... The Drift well, Prince yeah, or something? Like, yeah, but Drift King yeah. sounds yeah, better. Yeah, King's come and go. Which is funny because almost, Prince almost always sounds better than King, but... Yeah. You know. Yeah, so there's your fun fact. And then the uh, the series and movie is called Initial D, 
um, which is yeah. awesome. It's about this the son of a, a tofu oh. uh, tofu shop owner who delivers tofu on the other side of the mountain and learns how to drift because he's oh. delivering tofu. It's just he's got to go. He's got to go fast. Yeah, he, he's got to go fast, right? You know, he's got to make it back. The art is amazing. Uh, Matt, holy yeah. shit! This is a real deep cut. Uh, but I just typed in initial D to the YouTube's. Yeah. And the first thing that popped up was a car. A uh, you remember when we used to watch soapbox races in college? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There is. Yeah, we had a phase where we just watched a bunch of soapbox races because they had these big soapbox, like, Red Bull tournaments. Oh, my God. Those are great. Yes. There's yes. so much. Those are the, the gravity-based races where you build a car with basically no engine. Yeah. You're just like, and there's jumps yeah, and shit. Yeah, straight down. Okay. Uh, but somebody made the car <laughs> that is based on that, and the video is of the their wheels go sideways. Ooh. So they're just going sideways, like, down the hill. That is amazing. <laughs> incredible oh man well i'm so excited i i don't think we've ever gotten like supplementary like homework for an episode before this, this is so been, exciting i know exactly yeah, what I'm doing. To the quality of this film so <laughs> henry you were mentioning the 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 shot like the slow-mo and i think i, I you mentioned a director was it like kitchener or uh, David Fincher, so like Fight Club, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, he kind of did a bunch of like really slick like 3D shots that get really close and do all this cool so, shit. Kind of had that vibe. Yeah. With the car shots, a lot of those were um, taken from like inspired by the initial D anime of the drifting. It had to have been. So oh, that's shit. like a very yeah. common shot having the camera here and like the cameras on the, um, what are they called? The apex or the outer mm-hmm. apex of the corner and the mm-hmm. car comes drifting around and clips yeah. it. Yeah. So that's like a huge oh, thing. You see I, them I'm getting a lot of respect for this. Movie. Yeah. It's so they, uh, they definitely, you know, paid, paid their respects to the, uh, the drift culture. And that was my ways. first thought is it, it, the that last scene, the shots they have of DK, mm-hmm. he he's gonna pop a fucking blood vessel. That guy, and I thought like this looks like an anime because like he is like screaming in his car, and then it cuts over to Sean, and he's just like, he was sweating. He was a sweating a little bit. bit. Was definitely, but like, DK was yeah. like, Aah! just like screaming <laughs> inside of his car. He had so much on the line. You're right. You're oh, right. Yeah. He did have a lot. Uh, a lot of Henry. Life. How did you? Or I'm just gonna jump around a little bit. How did Please. you feel about Han's yeah. death? Oh, um, well, I'm glad you brought us back to Han because I did a little bit of extra homework for this one. Um, I watched Justin Lin's Better Luck Tomorrow from 2002. Mm-hmm. Um, that because Han originated in that movie, um, and I don't know if it's canon, but it's like Han's official origin story is in. Justin Lin's, I'm pretty sure it's his debut uh, feature film. Oh. Um, yeah. Did, not did you know, know about this? this? Actually. Oh my God. That's what got him the oh job. Oh my God. You I knew a thing. Damn. I didn't. Ooh. I knew a thing. <laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like Riley in National Treasure. Holy <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> the preservation so, room. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. 
So Han originates in that movie. And in that movie, he's a senior in high school, I believe. And he's the cousin of the main character. Doesn't really matter. But they're like petty criminals and they do different shit. And I, I kind of don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to anyway. So I'm sorry. Um, their little gang ends up killing somebody. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what he's alluding to. And he's like, I had to get out of, you know, wherever and come to Wait. Japan. So he's got this crazy backstory and you see him in his like younger and wilder years. So like, I love this character so much. And if you haven't seen this movie, you guys our audience, whoever you got to go see it. I want to watch that. And I love that he has like basically an origin movie, but I think doesn't that mess with the continuity of the franchise now? Because the way that it's laid out, he's referencing in the movie. I think I don't think he runs from there to Japan. I don't. He doesn't go like they don't show him getting a ticket to Japan and like flying away. Well, no, but yeah, but he but references like he has this. Shit I ran, and I think they retcon that to mm-hmm. mean after the sixth one, right, Matt? The the events that lead up to the third one. Well, I gotta see this movie because it it might be. It might work both ways. Okay. I think it'll work. N- not knowing the sixth one, they the way they end it is Forget open it. enough that I think they this could do it. This is just like a staple it. for this franchise at this point, where Trying they have a line that means something and then completely change it in the next film. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't um, matter, really. They so, probably yeah. were Great movie. doing a, a, you know, a coy move and referring to his other Funny movie, enough, but... I... I went on a motorcycle ride uh, with my friend JJ today and we went up and over the mountains and we got a sandwich and we were talking about movies and stuff. And I was talking about this and I was like, yeah, it's, it's really good. Blah, blah, blah. It's all this. It's called better luck tomorrow. She was like, Oh shit. I've seen that. I was like, what the fuck? So this like indie movie, I think it was MTV's first acquisition. Like when they started jumping into movie distribution, really good. Um, but yeah, if you want more Han, and you're not getting enough from the Fast and Furious franchise. This is the uh, so you could hypothetically little, little you could create thing. like a Han, uh, Han series. You could watch that one. You could watch four, five, yeah. six, three. And yeah, <laughs> it's like the machete order of. That Fast we were and asking about this on our first episode, and yeah. I think we found it. Which again, kind of brings me to: I feel like we may have messed up, even though Matt brought up earlier that this is a good order to watch them in. But hypothetically. What we may have should have done is done one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight, nine. Because three and seven happen happen at Where's the same moment. Where's better luck tomorrow? Well, be at first. the beginning, we'll be first. Start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be an incredible tone setter because it is similar but not the same. The funny thing is Tokyo Drift, right? Main character supposed to be seventeen. You know, he's in high school doing all this shit. Better luck tomorrow. Bunch of high schoolers. You know, getting in trouble, doing a bunch of shit, Dang. like all is this just, stuff. Han has a really is cool it just car. Better in Tokyo it. Drift is it, that what it is? John Cho shows up on a fucking sweet ass vintage BMW motorcycle. It's something else, you guys. Damn. Like, it's great. <laughs> it's really good. Um, it was kind of a weird double feature back to back because it's not this at all, but <laughs> not this at all. Um. Yeah, well, it's just, like, not action-packed. It's very internal. It's very, like, indie movie. Um, 
but it actually made for a good a good night of of movie watching because like he kind of references that and you're like who is this mysterious man and then you go and you watch it and you're like oh shit look at him stealing from best buy and doing other (laughs) shit um i want to talk about the very end real quick the dominic toretto cameo um for me i didn't realize that i was like like i really like this franchise but i didn't realize i was like a fast and furious head until mm-hmm. this last time that i watched it and i forgot about the cameo and you hear the song and you see the car and i was like yeah let's go yeah. <laughs> and i was like such Do you know a why child. i think it works yeah, here why it works here because it's not a fucking mid credit scene. It's in the movie. Yeah. They end it. It's a cameo. So, it's a sweet little cameo. It's a button on the yeah. movie. It connects it back. It's not some Marvel, like, stay till the end, otherwise you'll miss it. Like, you were, we're hooking you on to the rest of it. They're doing the same shit. It's a franchise. It just tastes better. Um, just Why did the cameo happen, Matt? Ooh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> Vin Diesel did not want to be in this movie. And the only yes. reason he agreed <laughs> to do the cameo is because he got the rights to the Chronicles of Riddick for doing the cameo. They That's gave the whole reason. Whoa. How? That was the deal. What? Yeah. Paramount owned He said, I'll show it. up if you give me the rights to Riddick. So he could make it himself. Because he loves that franchise. He like, loves, <laughs> he loves that franchise that so much. Fun fact about Henry. I love the Riddick yeah. franchise. That's how I met all the film kids at Squad was. Everyone um, was really into it for some reason. You guys were watching, whose room was it? Remember. But anyway, they were watching Pitch Black and everyone's in the cafeteria and they're like, we're going to go watch Pitch Black. And I invited myself and oh, yeah. it was dope. And then we watched all the rest of them. And then the third one came out in theaters and it was fucking they're making awesome. Another one. It's like his franchise. He what? loves it. He loves Fast and Furious and he loves Riddick. He just loves the Riddick movies I, so much. I like Vin I Diesel. I do too. He's got a song. Like, he's like, got a song. What? He does. Gosh. It's a great song. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. From You mean he's got a song from the movie, no, The Pacifier? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm just saying the that Pacifier was does Vin slap, Diesel. though. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, no. I watched that a bunch as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he has a uh, like a uh, like an EDM song that came out in 2020. It's like a party jam. It's actually pretty good. Does Vin, does he have a no-lose clause? I hate to bring this up every episode. I'm just fascinated by it. I think it. so. Yes, he does. I think so, yeah. God damn it, Vin. Dude, it's cool, man. Why is if your, I was in a big... No. Why is your ego got to be yeah, that fragile, it though? It works. It works. It works for him. Does it? Does that fit, like, the character? Like, what do we... What's the vibe yeah. on that? Because I, I hear that, and I'm like, guys... You got to wait. You got to wait. There's an <laughs> yeah, you got to wait. I love see. the idea that I'll be won over. It's like, just wait, just watch the series and, and you'll forgive this super weird thing that these multiple grown men have done in real life. It's kind of in awesome. Their career. I don't even know if it's true. I just heard that. I, I'm does, not even does sure. Does The Rock have a, a no lose clause definitely. too? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Oh yeah. my God. How do you tell your kids about that? Hey, by the way, daddy has a piece of paper that means lose. he can't get fake beat up in a fake movie. Awesome. Like, awesome. <laughs> Oh man, it's crazy. Uh, uh, hey, I think Han's about to die behind me on the TV. Yeah. Oh, yo. Okay. One thing about movies set in Tokyo, never been, but they always shoot in the same exact neighborhoods. They always show the same. Not buildings. this one. Probably, yeah. Tokyo is one of the biggest. No, wait. That's this is my fun fact. <laughs> they hit. They they. 
They see <laughs> the big yada yada, the the gigantic crosswalk that they drift through and nearly kill a crowd of people. So good. There's so that good. there's that one like off ramp or whatever it is with like the it is so good. It's beautiful. My heart was pounding. I love it. Um it ebbs and flows for me. There's all the neon signs that you see in like every single movie you see it in Lost in Translation. That's the only um, one I recognized was the Lost in yeah. Translation one. I well, I also just watched a TV show set in Tokyo, fucking uh, Alice in Borderland, and they hit all the sites too. So it's just on my mind. But it's such a big city. Like, right. it's huge. The Tokyo, <laughs> the, on a map, it's like the size of the lower half of yeah. England. It's insane. And they always show so, the same Ben Let loose. <laughs> Let it out. All right. So... They, uh, Tokyo has like super, (laughs) I read, I did some research, right. Um, and I had remembered seeing this article a few years ago about, uh, uh, basically filming of Tokyo Drift and Tokyo has crazy strict filming laws. You know, they just don't, they don't give anyone permits. They especially don't give, give new pretty much unknown American directors permits such as Justin Lin in 2006. But Universal was like, I think it was Universal. They were like all about Tokyo Drift. And they're like, no, you guys have to shoot in Tokyo. Like, that's the name of the movie. We're not going to pay for the CGI and everything. So here's the fun fact. They hired a fall guy whose job it was was to go to the police whenever the police came to shut down the movie set and tell them he was Justin Lin and take all the charges and spend the night in jail. That is awesome. Yes. I love that so much. So most of the scenes that like, they're they're in the Shibuya district, which is just like not, you're not allowed to film. Yeah. Most of those were done completely illegally. So wait, so they shot without no permits, without yeah. permits. They just went in. Holy shot without fuck. permits. Okay, was the crowd? The crowd had to be it digital. Was, it was yeah, so they, digital. Yeah. there was a yeah. lot of CGI. Yeah. Okay, going it, it had it had yeah. it had the glimmer. Like it and was like very half of the yeah. car scenes okay. were like the cars were CGI and all that. There was one okay. shot this, though. This fits way more into place where I'm like, because I was thinking about that just in terms of just generally shooting in Japan. I was like, how? Like, how do you do that in such a populated area? How do you clear a street? How yeah. do you get those permits? This makes so much sense. And they sense. had to bring okay. in seven million, like around seven million dollars worth of cars. There were over like oh 200 vehicles used. That is insane. Holy there is fuck. one shot for an unpermitted in shoot. that, uh, the, the big Times Square place, I can't remember what it's called, but that uh, the sequence when yeah. he uh, drifts through the people is yeah. such a roller coaster for me because when it starts out, I'm like, you're going to kill a bunch of people. And then it cuts to the kind of CGI shot, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of bad. And then they cut to one shot that's this really fucking sick shot, and there's this really great music, and it actually looks real. Like, it looks like they are drifting through this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like... And then I was immediately sold. I was like, that might have been the coolest shot in like the whole movie. That's the magic of this movie. You're like, no, no. Oh, oh it's that switch. God. It's like. It's really incredible. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm here for those <laughs> moments, those little switch moments. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I got what I needed out of this. Thank you. Yeah. 
back into the <laughs> trudging through the rest of this movie. <laughs> so another car uh, moment for you with yes. the drifting through people, right? Definitely CGI in the movie. However, in the eighties, this happened. There's a, uh, so there's this race series called the world rally circuit or world rally championship WRC. Um, uh -huh. And basically in the seventies and eighties, there were no rules for car racing, um, which is bad. That is a bad thing. So, <laughs> so, so Very dangerous bad. and so, so badass. Yeah. Like I don't condone it, but holy yeah. fuck. So that's these cool. rally cars, um, rally racing is basically like drifting, but off road you're like on dirt yeah, roads insane. and stuff. Um, really sometimes nice. on pavement too. You've got the passenger who like is right. calling out the course, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's rally racing. Crazy. Okay. If you want an adrenaline rush, just watch some YouTube videos. So it's watch. Oh my god! Yeah. Awesome. If you want a real adrenaline rush, watch Group B rally videos because that was series, and the fans wanted to get as close to the action as possible, so they would run in large groups into the middle of the racetrack and then sprint away as the car came psycho psycho man. oh my god horrible yeah so when i was watching that all i could see were these rally videos that i've seen since i was like 10 of these cars just drifting through hordes of people <laughs> oh my god i'm gaining thank you for this because i'm gaining so much respect for this whole movie because it seems like it's one of those things where you read something in a script and somebody gives you the note, eh, this doesn't really seem plausible or real. And then you go, well, that actually happened to me in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, There's shit, no okay, way. I guess I can't <laughs> <Well>. really, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Unbelievable. I had no idea. Yeah. I got a lot so that of YouTube videos to watch tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have so many tabs <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> Just like, yes, yes, yes. Um, before we move on, I want to hit one thing. Uh, Lil Bow Wow says Bow -well, the, please. the word dropped a that encompasses the Fast and Furious franchise for me. Uh, and I got tingly, really, at the end when Dominic Toretto shows up. Yeah. He says, and he, it's his, the best performance that I've seen him give in the whole movie. And he's like, he said Han was family. And when I heard that, I was like, let's yeah. go. Let's watch all of them. <laughs> I can feel myself getting indoctrinated into this you franchise because that little bit happened. And I like I started getting a little bit of flutter. I was like, oh, it's family. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> That's There's the whole point corona. of the thing. Also, Bow Wow's yeah. character's name in this is Twink. Is, yeah, it's Twinkie. Yeah, yeah. But like, people, everyone calls him Twink. I, <laughs> and, like, I couldn't stop thinking about. It's great. I just love that. This movie did the thing. I'm just looking at my last notes, but this movie did the thing that I love and I'm going to steal at some point where you go most of the movie with, you know, a villain. And then most of the way through it, like near the end, you introduce a bigger villain that scares the shit out of the main villain. And it's just such an easy way to raise the stakes mm -hmm. and make things feel so much more dangerous. Cause seeing your villains eyes like light up with fear it's mm -hmm. like, it's good. It's, it's very good. Delightful. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say before we move on to our favorite frames? This has a 36 on Rotten Tomatoes, and I know we don't love to quantify movies on this show, but that feels low. That's the... Um, I don't think so. That's personally. the critic review, I think. I think the yeah. audience review is quite a bit oh. higher, actually. Probably. 
Is that uh, customary for this show? Also, I again, I don't like that we have to grade movies like they're a paper in fourth grade chemistry. But what's customary for this show? What do you mean? Um, like you know, some shows are just kind of like critic proof. Some franchises where the critics are like, "This is garbage," oh, and you the mean people are like, "We don't movies. care." I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, the movies. Oh, absolutely. I think it's completely critic proof. Okay. These movies because they exist. Good for I think them. They exist <laughs> on a different pulse than critics do, and like, yeah. I was thinking about this when I watched the first one, and now that I'm watching all of these, I think these are the quintessential, perfect American movies. Mm-hmm. I think they embody, oh. for good or bad, everything that America is kind of about in just everywhere. And each one that I watch, it mm. keeps confirming it for me. So I think it hits the pulse of every American <laughs> at any moment, even if the critics don't critically like it. Yes, man. That mm. is uh, what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, like the critics not liking these movies is the case until five. And then they get on board. And then they get on board. Did yeah? Well, because I mean, even critics—not that we have to rag on critics, <laughs> but we it. can. Um, <laughs> I feel like even critics are getting smarter in the sense that now that the internet is so dominant, they know that they can make a splash for not liking something most people like. But it, at this point, the series has gone on long enough that you kind of just look like a, just a party pooper if everyone's having fun and you're the person that's like, guys, this isn't cinema. And everyone's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shit. This is number eight. What do you want from me? Like, I'm having fun, and you're out here. That's just the vibe I get. It's like, at this point, it's like, what What do you have to say? Oh my you know? God. And five is also seen as, like, a definitive turning point for the franchise. Like, it really yeah. becomes a different thing. Yeah. It, um, this is just, five. we're ramping up to five. I'm so excited for four. It's, it's Four sounds more like the, I don't know, the odd one out. I don't know, man. Because... It's, because this movie slaps, so I'm I'm expecting four to be super weird and super like doesn't know what it is. Is that kind of on the money? I don't know, kind of. That's how I, I feel about it. See, but it's cause you don't know how to feel about it. Like, I it's seen it a like, long time. There's like three or four scenes that are I'm completely stuck on with the fourth one that make it feel like a completely a different movie, and then movie? I get constantly reminded that there are other scenes than those three or four scenes, <laughs> and they they feel mm. very fast and furious, but like. The I'm just only, so stuck on those few, so I'm excited to watch them again and get like a fresh take on it. Because the only because okay. you guys keep referring to it as the Jason Bourne one in the franchise. That's the which, thing, man. The only scene I remember from the movie doesn't exist, and it's Paul Walker jumping out of a window into another building, and that happens in Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Hey, Ultimatum was cool. Uh, can we have it. that?" Yeah, basically. Yeah, I I might I might retract that statement. Uh, after watching it again, we'll see. Okay. But um, that was definitely how I felt when I was watching it for the first time. I was yeah. like, "This is just Jason Bourne, just like Tokyo Drift." I is love this sub series of this fucking Isn't podcast because I'm just so stoked for next week. It's exciting! Like, <laughs> it's exciting. Like, yeah. um, okay, so favorite exciting. frames. Let's rattle them off. What do you guys yeah. got for us? Oh f- fuck. I'll kick it off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my favorite frame, it's got to be, uh, it's happening right now. 
uh, behind Henry's TV. It's the action shot oh of Lucas Black when he's on the he's about to race and he's standing there next to his sick ass Mustang. Yeah. That looks like a movie. Great hero shot. Yeah. Yeah. Total hero shot. I had to pick that one. I think I could not pick a Lucas black shot. I just couldn't. (laughs) I would, (laughs) I've got, I've got a, uh, an obvious one, which would be, you know, that aerial view of the car drifting through the crowd. Yeah. Or, for an oddball, this is a really weird one, but the shot of Han upside down in the car, he's <laughs> like all bloody, <laughs> because that is a pivotal moment. A huge. That Once we hit the seventh one, moment. It so much happens in that moment. Fair. Technically, okay, go with that because that's great foreshadowing. I'm gonna steal the drifting through the crowd because I actually didn't pick one because I just you so riveted was mesmerized by this film. <laughs> so I'm gonna say my. Uh... My favorite one was, I mean, I love the the drifting scenes through the mountains, which is just your, you know, homage to the, okay, I didn't say this yet, but Tuja style, which is drifting through mountains. Um, so all those old videos where you have, like, love all of those. But I think my, uh, the one that really got me going was the, the, um, the beginning when DK is drifting up the parking ramp. And just that overhead where you see the like inch on either end. And I'm like, someone is actually doing that right now. And I was like this, that, that was the whole movie to me. And the fact that the theme song wasn't playing during that moment just made me so mad. Uh, (laughs) It's just, I was like prime, prime opportunity right here. And they played it twice in the movie. And they they were never racing. They were never racing when they played it. It was always the intro stuff. I was so pissed. The engines. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that I, shot is smooth, though. It's that so drift. smooth. It's, the car's not even lurching or anything. It's no. just a single motion I, all the way up. I really want to know how many cars they went through to get that shot. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are there good behind the scenes for this? Like, was there like a second disc in the DVD that's just Maybe. delicious footage? Honestly, of Carnage? we could probably do a whole other series about the behind the scenes in these movies because I'm sure they're delightful. Can we? We could just become a Fast Ooh. and Furious podcast. I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah, this is the moment people are like, oh, fuck, you lost him. <laughs> um, I want to give a runner up to the shot, the overhead shot of Han. Um, wooing the two women oh, inside the, the car. Yes. That shot yeah. was so dope. Yeah. Or, I mean, honestly, the shot where it stops, right, and the cars aren't directly facing each other. He's offset a bit so that he can look through his open window on the right side at the driver of the other car, and he's got the Han face. He's, I'm like, cool. calm. Yeah. He's got the smile that's, like, yeah. And it's just... Very calming. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, Let's pick a fool. I feel like this one might be unanimous, uh, but throw them out there, everyone. Who do we got? Let's nominate our favorite character from the movie. It's Han. Han. So as the uh, as the car yeah. man, you know, <laughs> we were talking we about the car yes. magic and all that. Oh, I oh. saw the cars yeah. as their own characters. So I figured oh, to yeah. add a little bit of, you know, excitement to the show. Yes. Uh, yeah. I would say that the car that kind of embodied the whole spirit of the film was the film. Yes. Uh, was the Mustang with the Nissan GTR engine uh, because it was just Hell like, yeah. you know, you had 
both both countries being represented and harmony and like coming yeah. out on top through unity and working oh together and all that um but and then i i figured everyone would choose han and i i had chosen han long <laughs> yeah i was like yeah well you make a compelling case beautiful though. choice i think i okay, think ha- the car represented the movie better than han Okay, I kind of agree with that. I, I'm proposing a middle ground here. Uh, I propose... You're putting Han's head on the car. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I propose we take that shot of Lucas Black standing next to the Mustang and just replace him with Han. Uh, so we get the cool shot, Han's there, and you get the Mustang. <laughs> so our fool of the week is both Damn. Han and the Mustang, while simultaneously just deleting Lu- Lucas Black from uh, that shot, oh, yes. from that iconic shot. Maybe from us posting shot. that will get uh, Lucas to post something other than conservative <laughs> talking points. He'll be like, "I don't appreciate." <laughs> uh, incredible! I don't appreciate this podcast. By the way, I don't appreciate this podcast. This is Lucas Black erasure. Oh God. Um. Okay, so I think that's it. I think we got it all. Did we get it all? I think so. Yeah. I think we, we did. We it. did Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Ben, thank you so much of for joining us. Happy. Yeah. You have Happy been a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for the YouTube playlist as well. Oh, yeah. And, you know, if you need more fun facts about Japanese car culture and, you know, any any of the cars in the future <laughs> films of the franchise yeah. just you know let me know happy yeah, to do it you're top of my Fuck list yes. it's good to you we have like a pretty you're a pretty prime guest for this series like it's good to know we've got that on tap oh, yeah. like you also came in last minute for the the listeners at home we uh we didn't know who to bring on for this and at the 11th hour you saved our asses and you really i'm did. told you started watching this immediately after getting word that yeah, <laughs> you, I, you were being invited on the show did do that. it was like oh, yes and i you know so i couldn't stream it awesome. so i was like it's it's worth it we're we're paying for this like it it's happening <laughs> i i just i need an excuse to pay just, for the fast and furious movies and that was it i was like all right yes. here we go we're ready. That's, That's what fair. we're here for. Oh, yeah. Frames and Fools is here to give people excuses to buy and watch the Fast and Furious franchise. Just yeah, just you know, if if you get anything from this show, it's challenge your expectations, try to be positive, and yeah, yeah. you know what? You can shell out a couple bucks for the movies yes, you really just, like. It's worth it. Don't spend your whole life scrolling through the streaming services trying to figure out what's free. You know what? Just oh, yeah. go for it. Incredible. And you know, all right. Don't try that yeah. shit at home. <laughs> Because it costs yeah. a lot of money. I love that. Yeah, exactly. The movie and ends, there. and before the credits even rolls, they're like, for the love of God, don't do this. <laughs> this has been Frames and Fools Tokyo Drift. Next week, we are watching... Fast and Furious, the fourth movie in the Fast and Furious franchise. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Ben, for joining us. Matt, please take us out with the Fast and Furious catchphrase. Just remember, the streets always win. Hit the scene.
お待ちどうさま喧騒まみれこの街の演奏だまたまま一度ついておいで世界中魅了するほど行こうかなジャパン一番ジャンプランサーうちらの出番テリヤキボーイズインのプレイスビー見せてやろうリスナル VRP メニメニダイマンズダイングレンバックファラマニウィストランガレン Hate me, fry me, bake me, try me, all the above cause you can't get in I don't want no problem, because me professional Make you shake your ketsu, thank you, haters take you